Give us ears to hear you speak this morning. May you change our hearts by the power of your word, by your spirit applying this word to our lives. Encourage us and strengthen us by this word, we pray in the name of Christ. Amen. You know, growing up, one of the, the cardinal sins in my family was when I went to uh, department stores with my mom, I had to stay right next to her. Because if you're a parent, you know your children, especially in department stores, when a mom is looking at the same piece of cloth for over an hour, it seems like, you get a little bored and you start to wander. And then you start to play a game and you start to hide in the various different, you know, circular clothing rack things. And, you know, getting separated from your parents, uh, at first, when you're a child, you don't think anything of it, do you? You're kind of just wandering around, chasing a butterfly, going from the thing to one thing to the next. And then all of a sudden, though, as a child, you realize, wait a second, uh, where's my mom? And then it hits you, I'm, I'm lost. And the panic sets in, and it's a terrible feeling. It's a feeling that we all probably have, have experienced in this room, whether as a parent or as a child. But as horrible as a feeling it is to be lost, both for a parent and a child, there's a worst kind of being lost. It's when you're lost, but you don't actually realize it. Right, when a child knows they're lost, they're going to cry out, they're going to scream, and they're going to be fairly easy to find because we've all heard children scream. But when a child doesn't know they're lost, they're nearly impossible to find, aren't they? Jesus is encountering this kind of people this morning, a lost people. But a people are so lost that they don't actually realize that they, that they are lost. They are, as Jesus says, wandering like a sheep without a shepherd. That they don't even know they need a shepherd, though. They need deliverance that they can't provide themselves. This is like, like Israel needing to be delivered from Egypt by the hand of God and led to freedom. So the crowd that's gathered needs to be delivered and led into a freedom, a satisfaction that only comes from Christ, the good shepherd. A satisfaction that only he can bring. You know, which is one of the great ironies we find in our culture, isn't it? That, that we believe, not just them out there, but if we're honest, us in here, we believe that true freedom comes uh, from being able to do whatever we want to do. From being able to wander. Wandering actually is true freedom, we, we are tempted to believe. From not having anyone tell us what to do. From being our own shepherd. You know, which the shepherd language here is synonymous with king language in the Bible, so it's like saying we all want to be our own kings. This is true freedom, we think. And then we get married and we try to maintain that freedom. And we all know how that goes. Not well. We, we have roommates and we try to maintain freedom. And we live separate lives. And then we have children and we still try to maintain that freedom. But when we do this, it actually leads to death, to strife, to turmoil in our lives. True freedom, we find. True satisfaction comes from submission. Submission is the thing that brings freedom and satisfaction. And it's not just any kind of submission, but submission to the good shepherd, the only one who actually can give you freedom, the only one that can give you life abundant. And Jesus, as the good shepherd, knows our deep, profound need that we can't do this for ourselves, that we are helpless without him. And it says he has compassion. Jesus is the good shepherd who gives his people rest. He feeds them by his hand. Jesus is the freedom that we have been looking for. 
that we didn't even know to ask for. And Jesus is standing before you this morning in this text saying, come to me, I will give you rest. Are you burdened? Are you hungry? Are you tired of chasing false promises of freedom? Are you unsatisfied? Good. You should be. Apart from me, there's nothing that will satisfy you. Come to me and I will give you that satisfaction. So we find Jesus this morning as the good shepherd who has come to rescue his people. And we see that Jesus is a good shepherd in three different ways this morning. The first is this, that Jesus is the shepherd who gives his sheep rest. Jesus is the shepherd who gives his sheep rest. Jesus gives rest. Uh, We all need rest. Look with me here at verse 30 to 31. The apostles returned to Jesus and told them all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. Just to remind you where we're at in the story, the disciples had just come back from their first missionary journey. They'd been sent out two by two to proclaim the good news of the gospel. Uh, and it was a short kind of missionary trip and they've just given their report to Jesus. They'd just come back to Jesus. They're telling him about all that they had done and they're exhausted. They had likely had little to no rest on their journey while they were serving. They were talking to people, sharing the good news, having people come to them. They were healing people. They would have been exhausted. Exhausted like a mother taking care of her children alone for a few weeks. When that's you, even your sleep is restless. For me, I know the most exhausted I feel is Sunday afternoons. Something about whatever we do here this morning drains every ounce of me. And it's like my body just shuts down. I walk home, I get in the door, and I just I fall down in the doorway. And I, a couple hours later, I, I get up. Uh, it's not that you all exhaust me, um, but it's just that this is exhausting work. This kind of work, sharing the good news of the gospel, sharing the kingdom, drains people in a unique way. The disciples are feeling this. They are drained. Jesus knows that they have come to the limits. And a shepherd's job is to know his sheep, to know their needs, to know what they need before they do. And if a shepherd spends time and knows his sheep, he instinctively knows if something's wrong. Jesus knew that they had nothing left to give and needed rest. So Jesus, the good shepherd, gives his sheep rest. I think sometimes we can be tempted to run ourselves ragged serving God. We can think things like, you know, I'm gonna, I'll rest when I'm dead. But I got work to do, so I'm just going to put my hand to the plow and I'm not going to stop. Uh, but this actually is not how God invites us to join his work. I mean, God institutes a day of rest for his people. Right? God himself, after creating all things, takes a day to rest. And in this, in our rest, we realize that we are finite. Believe it or not, You have limitations. These limitations are not bad things. They're because we're created being things. We have to rest. Because in in resting, we recognize that we are not God. Resting is a tangible way, in fact, that we live out our belief that we are not God. This is why rest is so difficult. Because we're always battling this temptation within ourselves. We battle what John the Baptist says when John the Baptist says, you know, I am not the Christ. Well, we struggle to believe that actually in our lives. And so Jesus, the good shepherd, knows that we struggle with this. He says, come, rest. Come, rest. And you know what we find is we actually serve best out of rest. 
And perhaps more than that, it's actually only out of rest that we can actually serve him well. Because it means that we're dependent on him for all things, rooted and grounded in the work of Christ, not our own work. The question here for us is, do you rest well? Is rest a struggle for you in your life? The good shepherd gives his sheep rest, rest in him. Being rescued and and set free in Christ begins in rest. You don't need to struggle to earn that which you cannot buy. Simply rest in him. Which sounds nice, but we all know we live in the real world where rest isn't always possible. Which is actually what we find here in verse 32 through 33. It says, and they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Uh, Now many saw them going and recognized them. And they ran there on foot from all the towns and gathered there ahead of them. And so if you've ever had a roommate or a child, uh, you know what it's like to have your rest interrupted, don't you? Here they have this moment of respite in a boat. A moment of quiet, a moment of a deep breath, and we find that that's all they're going to get. One side note on this is that it teaches us that rest is good and necessary, but it doesn't mean you're always going to feel rested. It doesn't mean you're always going to feel refreshed. Right? They probably could have used a nice three-month sabbatical, but that wasn't to be right now. And so how does Jesus respond to this interruption of their rest? Does he respond the way I would? Uh, when my precious nap is interrupted? Thankfully, he does not uh, respond that way. This is the second thing we find, is that Jesus is the good shepherd who gives his sheep compassion. Jesus is the good shepherd who gives his sheep compassion when they're interrupted, when they aren't even able to rest for more than just a moment. Jesus responds like this to the people. And when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd And he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. He began to teach them many things. What a beautiful passage. Jesus has compassion on these people. What causes this compassion? It says because they're sheep without a shepherd. You know, sheep without a shepherd in the wild are all alone. They're not going to survive long. They have no one to protect them from wild animals. No one to make sure that they're fed. No one to shear their wool. No one to care for their young. You know, in this day, we didn't, they didn't have pastures with fences to keep their animals together. But they're out in the wild shepherding sheep. You know, it says David was fighting lions to protect his flock. Shepherding sheep was one of the most challenging tasks. And without a shepherd, sheep would wander into all sorts of precarious situations. Nobody, and nobody would even come looking for them because they didn't belong to anyone but themselves. I mean, this is one of the reasons why it's so important for us to be, belong to churches, right? You can't do the Christian thing solo. If Jesus is your shepherd, you're going to be with other members of his flock. And Jesus sees these people who are like this, who are a sheep without a shepherd. They're wandering. Nobody to lead them, no one to guide them, no one to protect them. And he has compassion on them. Jesus, the God-man, stops. He sees their need and has compassion. He puts their needs above his own. He wanted to rest. His body needed rest. But when he saw how helpless they were, how lost they were, he stopped. He bent down and he shared his love with them. 
He says to them, in effect, listen, I will be your shepherd. He is the good shepherd rescuing us from ourselves, bringing us into his flock. And what makes his, his compassion so compelling is that his compassion is actually the only thing that can bring you in. He is the door and he graciously opens it up for his children, bringing them under his protection, bringing them under his care, uniting us to himself. What the shepherd has, he shares gladly with his sheep. And here we find him sharing many things, right? Which is sharing the good news of the gospel. He's teaching them many things, which is Mark's shorthand way of saying he's taught them everything that he's been teaching everyone. Calling them to repentance, calling them to his kingdom, calling them to his fold. Jesus is fulfilling what God had promised he would do in Ezekiel. Listen to this from the prophet Ezekiel, chapter 34, 11 to 16. It says this, For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so I will seek out my sheep. And I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out of the people and gather them from the countries and will bring them into their own land. This is God saying to Ezekiel, listen, there's going to come a day where I will come like a shepherd and gather my scattered people to myself. And it says this, and I will feed them on mountains of Israel by, by the ravines and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture. And on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. And there they shall lie down in good grazing land on rich pasture. They shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost. I will bring back the strayed and will bind up the injured. And I will strengthen the weak and the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. Jesus is saying, listen, this is talking about me. I am the Lord. I am gathering my sheep. I am gathering true Israel. Those who repent. Right? This work that Jesus is doing is work that only Jesus can. He is the God-man. He is the Lord incarnate. He is the good shepherd. The thing is, we all need this from Jesus. We all need the compassion and what's amazing is that the compassion of Christ promises more than what autonomous freedom could ever offer you. Right? Individual freedom says be compassionate to yourself. It's all you need is found within you. But the good shepherd says, I grant compassion that you didn't even know that you needed. My compassion, my love, my grace is greater than you could ever imagine. It is the need that you are too blind to even see. Jesus is saying, come, taste my compassion and find your true satisfaction in me. And what's amazing about Jesus as a shepherd is that he doesn't just care for our spiritual needs. Even in this passage of Ezekiel, he doesn't just call the, the sheep to himself, but he gives them food. He doesn't just have compassion on the people, then send them away when he's hungry, but he says, listen, the shepherd provides all your needs. Even your food. He brings us to himself and provides everything. Showing us that his compassion isn't just this theory. That's just this pie in the sky kind of thing for us. But it's the rubber meets the road kind of thing. His compassion is tangible. 
This is a final thing we see here is that Jesus is a shepherd who feeds his sheep. Jesus is the shepherd who feeds his sheep. Look with me again back at verse 36 to 37. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, you give them something to eat. And he said to them, shall we go and and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? So this scene is set up where the hour is getting late. The people are hungry. Much like after a church service, people start to get hungry. And uh, people need food. And the disciples come and say, listen, Jesus, it's, kinda, it's time to wrap things up here. We've done some good work today. Let's go. Let's get back to that boat and let's get a, get a good sleep in. And Jesus says, listen, no, you give them something to eat. And the reply to this is almost a mocking tone. It's really uh, you think we have 200 days worth of, worth of uh, labor uh, of food for us? Which if you look at, uh, if you're new to reading the Bible, if you look at denarii there, there's a little uh, letter or number in your Bible and you look down on the bottom and denarii is a, a day's wage. And so it's 200 days wages worth of food. That's what this would have cost to feed this crowd. So you think we just got that pocket change? You're the one that told us to go out without money. Uh, and so they're kind of mocking him. But Jesus isn't deterred by this. And he says, okay, just go, uh, go see how much food we have. Okay, humor me. And so the disciples, you can imagine the, the, their eyes rolling in this moment, saying, okay, Jesus, we'll go see how much food we have. And so they come back and say, listen, we've got five loaves of bread and two fish. We've got 5,000 men. Five loaves and two fish don't feed 5,000 men. And it's likely that there were probably women and children that were not counted in that number that are part of this group. So this is a large crowd, either way, and they got five loaves of bread and two fish. Five loaves of bread and two fish. And what does Jesus do? He feeds his sheep. Because good shepherds feed their sheep. Look at this, verse 39. Then he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups by, 50, by hundreds and fifties. You can only imagine what's going on in their minds. He's like, okay, I got, I got the food. You guys just sit down in your little groups. I'll be with you in a moment. And uh, so they sit down in groups. And then taking these five loaves and this two fish, he looked up to heaven, said a blessing, and broke the loaves and gave it to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And were some left wanting, hungry? No, it says, and they all ate and were satisfied. Jesus rolls up his sleeves and gets to work and feeds everything. So much so that there's leftover. Twelve baskets full. Jesus is the good shepherd who feeds his sheep. And it's no coincidence that there's twelve baskets full when this is all done. The good shepherd, he is calling back his wayward children, Israel, back to himself Filling them with food that only he can provide. Just as God provided manna in the desert, so Jesus is providing them food, saying, I am your shepherd. I am your prophet. I am your king. I am your Lord, the provider. Come, eat. Come back to me. Jesus feeds his sheep. And so if Jesus can feed 5,000 men with five loaves of bread and two fish, what can't he do in your life? Do you believe that Jesus will provide for you, that he will feed you, even when it seems impossible. Listen, I understand this world 
has so much to offer us, right? We have piles of foods in our stores. Anything you want, you can have right now. Even if you have no resources, there's this thing called credit. You can get whatever you want right now. But when we give in to this, we fail to, to lean into the provision of God, to trust him. When we lack patience to wait on the Lord, we, we end up becoming our own lords, trying to do the shepherd stuff, the king stuff by ourselves. You know, it's one of the reasons why we pray the Lord's Prayer every Sunday, thanking God for our daily bread, recognizing that everything that we have actually comes from him. Our ability to work, our jobs, everything that we have comes from him. Do you believe that God's going to provide for your needs? Do you believe that Jesus is the good shepherd, that he gives rest to the weary, that he has compassion on the needy, that he feeds the hungry? Because this is us. You are the weary ones who need rest. You are the needy ones who are desperate for compassion. You are the hungry ones in the desert. And in your weary state, in your desperation, in your starvation, where will you turn? Will you turn to addictions, to online shopping carts, to an empty bottle, to hide in a closet, to be left alone? Or will we turn to the good shepherd? In this passage, Jesus shows us that he is the good shepherd, that he is the shepherd king who has come to seek and to save his sheep, which means that he will provide you all that you will need and you will be satisfied. Your rest, your need for compassion, your need for food and spiritual and physical is found in him. He is walking into this world calling all who would hear his voice to come and find this in him. You know, in the early church, there was this legend of the pelican. It's actually been proven to not be true, but the legend's pretty neat, so we're going to stick with the story. Uh, so in a times of famine, a pelican has is, is been said to pluck its own breast to feed it to its young pelican babies. And this has been a symbol for the church, I think, for obvious reasons. Because this is what Jesus does for us. He feeds his sheep, his own body, for our food. Bread that is everlasting. Wine that comes from a cup that is overflowing. Instead of leading us to the slaughter, he takes our place. He takes the place of the sheep, dying in our place that we might have life. Why does he do this for us? Because he has compassion. Because he loves us. He loves you. This is what makes him the good shepherd, that he lays down his life for his sheep and feeds them heavenly food that never runs out, that never grows stale. And when we do come to him and feed on him and to submit to him, when we experience this kind of compassion that is compassionate to the point of death, it transforms us. It leads us to delight and joy in Jesus, our king and shepherd. And it makes us a people who are like Christ, who are compassionate like him. Because you know the compassion of Christ, compassion that came to you despite yourself, you are now able to show that compassion to others, even those who are undeserving, especially those who are undeserving because we are all undeserving of this. And this is what Christ does for us. Now you are called to be compassionate. This radically transforms every interaction you have with your roommates, between husbands and wives, between children and siblings, between each other to show compassion that is undeserved. This is the root of our our ability to love our enemies because Christ has compassion on us when we were his enemies. In a world that sees forgiveness as weakness, 
in a world that only knows restless toil, this kind of compassion becomes a beacon of light in the darkness. This is no easy task for us. It's an impossible one. One that is only possible if we are being constantly conformed to the image of Christ. If we eat from his wells, drink from his wells and are satisfied. May we be this kind of people who are transformed by the compassion of Christ, finding our satisfaction and our submission to him. So much so that we can't help show his compassion even to our enemies. May this light shine brightly in a world in sore need of the compassion of Christ. Amen. Pray with me. Merciful, compassionate Christ, we give you thanks for your compassion that you showed to us. May we never swerve from your compassion. May we find our satisfaction in you, in your word, feeding on you, in the congregation, with your people. Bind us together in Christ and make us a compassionate people by the power of your spirit working in us, we pray. Amen.